It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Screen the screen, screen the Screener listeners out there. So happy to have you tune in. Mike and I will take you through another off-season gallivanting escapade for college hoops. Thank you so much for listening into the Marmegley Third reclassification uh, podcast. You know, as you're listening to this podcast, he is out visiting schools and making his decision and going through the process of being reclassified and perhaps being eligible for this upcoming season. Can't wait to see what happens. He will change the dynamic and the outlook at each one of those programs, regardless of where he goes. And it's a cool thing to pay attention to for sure. But today's podcast, we're going to take a stroll down memory lane, hit the rewind button and, and, and dive into the archives a bit. So... I know that I am still revisiting the worthy 2017 NCAA bracket for sure. Maybe on your drive to work, idle time at lunch. Maybe you're listening, uh, thinking about it before you're going to bed. Or, or maybe when you watch the basketball tournament or maybe some of those summer league games that are totally blowing up. I think about that Gonzaga run to the championship game. Finally, all the monkeys are off their backs. They've made that Final Four and even a championship game. UNC validating its 2016 title heartbreak with a run to the championship after losing Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson. The Ducks finally breaking through to that Final Four. Put all those bad vibes to bed, giving Coach Coach Altman that much-needed Final Four. Similar to Coach Kruger the year before, not validating their career, but giving them that benchmark benchmark achievement that everybody kind of footnotes. Maybe you're thinking about Middle Tennessee State and Kermit Davis doubling up and winning games and back-to-back tourneys. Very cool. How about that OT game in the Garden with Florida and Wisconsin? You didn't get one buzzer beater, but you got two dramatic buzzer beaters. Florida moving on. Or maybe you remember in the playing game wonders. Again, the playing game winner goes ahead and wins a few games. USC wins two games and almost takes down the Baylor Bears. And that West Virginia-Gonzaga rock fight. That was settled with that Jordan Matthews three with under a minute to play. <sighs> that was unbelievable. Or maybe you're scratching your head still, right? Maybe you're scratching your head and thinking, how did South Carolina make the Final Four? Well, that's what we're here to do today. We are here to go ahead and try to help you guys put together the pieces in March of picking out next year's South Carolina. That's right, we're in August, and Mike and I are going to try to give you a few things to pay attention to. Now, South Carolina fell to the NCAA sweetheart Gonzaga 70, uh, 77-73. 0.6% of brackets had South Carolina in the Final Four. That's right, 
0.6%. We are going to attempt to put you in that 0.6%. So let's pay attention to how to get to that 0.6% and, you know, kind of walk around like you know something that nobody else knows. You can thank Screen the Screener later in March. First thing, please pay attention to the bracket. There's always going to be a bracket that's the blow-up bracket. The blow-up bracket could be the east, the west, who knows. This year, Mike and I identified it as the east. Because I, we identified the blow-up bracket as the east, I foolishly put SMU through to the Final Four as the sixth seed. Of course, they were then upset by USC in the playing game. Uh... But we did call the Wisconsin upset of uh, Villanova in the 1-8 upset. There's always a bracket that goes haywire. Pick out that bracket that goes haywire. And then inside that haywire bracket, that blow-up bracket, however you want to define it, there's four factors to pay attention to for each team. First factor, we're just going to call it one of the oldest sports motivators. Go. It is the something to prove factor. If you remember, the Gamecocks got left out and were one of the last teams that were kind of knocking on the door for the 2016 NCAA tournament. Uh, Coach Frank Martin was very humble, very gracious in each one of the interviews while dealing with the sadness and the disappointment of being left out of the tournament. So they had this, I don't know, extra layer of resentment, an underlying motive, even a tiny tinge of revenge. We'll call it the something to prove factor, right? When you have something to prove, that team or that program or that individual or that student athlete always digs a little bit deeper. Second category to pay attention to is the coach. Coach Martin became one of the media darlings and uh, sweethearts uh, during his team's Final Four run. Uh, previous to that, we uh, mocked, made fun of, or, or you know, freeze-framed uh, his facial expressions while coaching on the sidelines. But really what came through is Coach Martin really gets through to his players. His players buy into him. They believe in the program and what they're trying to do. And if you, you know, go back in time to his Kansas State accomplishments, Frank Martin was knocking on the door for a Final Four there. I think they made an Elite Eight with uh, that Clemente and Pullen team. So there's prior success for Coach Martin. The third category has to be a difference maker player. You have to have a player that moves the needle. Sanderis Thornwell was that exact player for the Gamecocks this year. Have to have one of those guys if you're going to make this happen. And the fourth and final category to pay attention to is you need to have a defining characteristic as a team. It can be you're an unbelievably offense, uh, uh, effect, effective offensive rebounding team like UNC. You can be um, unbelievably on, uh, efficient on defense and play some lockdown D. You can shoot the three really well. Uh, you can take care of the ball. Whatever that defining team characteristic is, it has to stand out. And of course, last year for the Gamecocks, uh, they were monsters on the defensive end and got in your shorts and were all over everything. So those are the four things. The something to prove factor, coaching factor, difference maker player, and defining team characteristic. All right, folks. You want your rundown of teams? Get the notebook out. Maybe uh, take out your notes in your iPhone. Here we go. Stop one. We're going to go to the ACC, and we're going to stop at Notre Dame. This is pretty predictable, right? They have Bonzi Colson back as a difference maker player. Uh, let's give you a little rundown of 
Notre Dame and why we think that they could fall into the let's they're going to make a Final Four. It isn't a huge stretch. They'll probably be in top, everybody top everybody's top twenty five preseason, but they do have some other parts besides all everybody's All American Vontae Colson. Matt Farrell's back, senior point guard. Mike and I, you know, you guys know Mike and I love senior guards in March. Matt Farrell is exactly that. 14 points a game, 6-1 point, really keeps it straight. TJ Gibbs, 6-3 soft. He'll play a ton with Farrell in the backcourt. Uh, they'll have two ball handlers back there. I, I really like that approach. Uh, TJ Gibbs is, is going to blow up this year. He got a little taste last year. Super talented New Jersey guard. Rex Fluger is going to be the do-everything guy, the glue guy. If you remember that tip-in um, against uh, Stephen F. Austin, he can do a little bit of everything on the wing. He'll probably fill the Vestoria role from the year before. Uh, junior Matt Ryan is a 6'7". He can shoot it from 3, 43%. Uh, he will try to fill the B.J. Beecham role uh, of a defense stretcher. Uh, they got D.J. Harvey. Look out for him second half of the season. He's a 6'6 frosh. I bet he finds some time in the second half of the season. And uh, they have a 6'10 senior, uh, Gebin, who is – you always need a big, right? So he's going to be the big that's going to play some crucial minutes and defend and be a defensive disruptor in the middle. And, of course, everybody's All-American. 6'5 senior, Bonzi Colson, lock it up. He's going to be All-ACC. He's probably going to be on many first-team All-Americans. He will probably even get some player of the year chatter nationally. When I think of Colson, I think of like Jared Jeffries, Purvis Ellison, Sean May, and even Sindorius Thornwell last year. College stud dragging his team to a Final Four. So let's go over the categories. Uh, do they have something to prove? Yeah, they've been to the Elite Eight a bunch of times and been knocking on the door. It feels like Coach Bray has senior leadership or upperclassmen all the time. So they do have something to prove. I think they need to validate his career, much like we mentioned with Coach Altman and uh, in last year's preview. Uh, the Ducks got there, so maybe Notre Dame is that next team that gets there, and Coach Bray is the next uh, coach that gets that Final Four validation. Uh, so, yes, they have something to prove. And, yeah, Coach Bray, all he does is run efficient offense. So he does have prior success. Uh, difference maker player. We just mentioned Colson, of course. He's gonna. We met. We likened him to some uh, uh, players in the past that dragged their teams to a Final Four. And the defining team characteristic: they run efficient offense. They've run efficient offense for many years now with upperclassmen. So I think they check all the boxes as well. Next team might be a bit of a surprise. We're gonna go to the SEC. How about Auburn? Auburn does check all of those boxes as well. So we'll try to run down and give you why Auburn might be a team to pay attention to and be part of your blow-up bracket next March. I guess first thing, something to prove, they did have a winning season last year, and they're on the uptick. Coach Pearl does have something to prove personally and professionally uh, after exiting Tennessee in less than... Uh, it wasn't perfect, his exit. And he's got the thing moving in the right direction in Auburn. He's got Mustafa Heron, 6'5", legit, all SEC player, 15 points per game. He can do it all. NBA player waiting to happen. Uh, Daniel Perfoy, he's kind of lost in the shuffle, but he is an impact player on the wing, 11 points per game. Jared Harper is going to man the point. 
And Bryce Brown is a great shooter from three, and they have a real difference maker in Austin Wiley, who's a huge player inside, had a great impact his freshman year. Every team that makes a deep run needs a big impact post player. Wiley is exactly that. Watch out, SEC. This sophomore will have a big year. And Anthony McLemore is a great, fun, athletic player who's going <laughs> to who's gonna ha- make some highlight reels for sure. They got some newcomers. Murray's going to be an undersized four that will work hard. Mitchell will help out a point guard. And Dunbar is a transfer that's going to play some big minutes as well. So let's go down the categories for Auburn. Do they have something to prove? Yeah, they want to prove that they're legit again. They want to prove that they're a legit program. Making the dance would do that. Coach, Coach Pearl had great success at Tennessee. If you remember, they were ranked one and two, Tennessee and Memphis, in that cool game, uh, that out-of-conference game. So he knows and has had past success. Difference maker player? I think Heron's a difference maker player. Mustafa Heron is, is legit. He's an NBA player. He's going to have a big sophomore season. And do they have a defining team characteristic? Yep. They are unbelievably athletic all over the floor. So do they check all the boxes? Yeah, Auburn checks all the boxes. All right. Let's head back to the East Coast to one of our all-time favorites. We've talked about them a lot, but we're going to throw them in this mix one more time as well. We're going to talk about the Xavier Musketeers. Of course, we know Trayvon Blewett is back. Very similar profile to Bonzi Colson. Will probably be on some All-American teams. He is an automatic lock-it-up All-Big East player. The 6'5 senior will do everything. He went to the NBA uh, Combine, decided to come back. Great decision. Hopefully, his legal troubles are to the side. His backcourt mate is a great sophomore point guard, Quinton Gooden. He got thrown into the fire when Sumner got hurt last year and produced unbelievable results. I'm calling for Blewett and Gooden to be one of the best backcourts in the nation, maybe top 10-ish. They're going to have another senior, J.P. Mercura. <sighs> We've been critical of J.P. Mercura in the past. We just need a little less J.P. Mercura shot selection-wise. Give the ball to Gooden and Blewett, make, let them make good decisions, and Mercura can hit some uh, threes from the wing. He does have an underrated ability to drive, and he is a tough player. Uh... Tariq Jones, 6'9", Saf. Seems like Xavier always has these type of players inside. Uh, Sean, O'Meara, uh, Sean O'Mara, 6'10", senior. He kind of reminds us of, uh, remember Matt Stainbrook? He was like that guy that wore the goggles. He, he drove for Uber. I think he even threw shot put for uh, Xavier on the track and field team. Uh, O'Mara reminds us uh, of Stainbrook a little bit. Nice 15-minute-a-game player inside that makes a difference, can board, defend a little bit, and take up space. They do have two cool freshmen coming in, Scruggs and Marshall. Both will be impactful as freshmen. Um, I feel like they'll play Scruggs, uh, Gooden, and Blewett together in the backcourt. Marshall is a little bit of a wing player, so I can see him backing up Cure initially and then perhaps playing those guys together. So they have some pieces. Let's go over the four categories for Xavier. Do they have something to prove? Yeah. It seems like Xavier is a very similar profile to Gonzaga. They've been living in the Sweet 16, you know, the past six or seven years. They've made a couple of Elite Eights. Yeah, I think they have something to prove. They bring Blewett back as a, as a difference maker player. Uh, so, yeah, I think they have something to prove. They were very close and lost to Gonzaga last year in the Elite Eight. 
Coach. Coach Mack? How do you not love Coach Mack? He's had unbelievable success in multiple conferences since Xavier started bouncing around from conference to conference and has held his own. And even he showed his chops last year when you lose your NBA-ish starting point guard and he holds it together, makes the tournament, and then makes an Elite Eight run. What else do you want from a coach except to problem-solve an unbelievable crisis of losing your starting point guard? Check on Category 2. We mentioned Blewett. He is definitely a difference-maker player. Um, He put up a ton of points in the tournament last year uh, and was out of this world, kind of, in the tournament. So bringing him back, check on Category 3 as far as difference-maker player. And defining team characteristic? Absolutely. They're tough as nails. They defend and they play a certain way. So I think Xavier checks all the boxes as well. Out to the West Coast, please. Going to hit the Pac-12. And how about Stanford with Coach Beard? I think Stanford might check some of those boxes. I think they might. Let's give a little rundown of who they got coming back and then see if they how they do category-wise. Stanford, Reed, Tra- uh, Reed Travis, 6'8", junior. Bet he averages a double-double this year. Last year, 17 points a game, 9 boards a game. All Pac-12 for this guy. Lock it up. I bet he will get on some All-American teams at the end of the year as well. Dorian Pickens, uh, 6'5", senior, 39% from three, uh, 12.5 points a game. Gotta love having a senior backcourt uh, member. Pickens is exactly that. Especially long length, 6'5", can guard multiple positions. Cartwright is coming back as a junior. Uh, he had a two to one assist, uh, turnover to assist ratio last year. Very nice. And they have, uh, DeJohn Davis, who's a six three freshman, top 50 recruit coming in. So I bet he plays those guys a lot in the back. And how nice is it to have two ball handlers in the backcourt at the same time? Very similar to the Notre Dame setup. So I think Stanford will take care of the ball, which will be really nice. And we can visit that as category number four. Uh, and they have some interesting freshmen coming in. Pew, who's a, a 6'8 redshirt frosh, uh, could find some time backing up Travis, but also playing alongside of him. Uh, they have 6'9 German Oscar da Silva. It seems like he might find some time as well. Uh, and then they have uh, Kizi Opala, who's a 6'8 swing, top 30 recruit. Seems like he's going to also find the floor. They have players all over the floor. And don't forget about Josh Sharma, Um, 6-1 junior. And again, we say all these teams need a big to make this happen. There's your big to make it happen. He's probably going to play about 20 minutes a game, take up some space, get some boards. I bet he averages about five and a half boards, maybe a block and a half per game. And they're not going to try to ask him to do too much except take up space on the defensive end and start the outlet with a defensive rebound. So let's go over the categories for Stanford. Uh, something to prove? Oh, yeah. Coach Beard and this program have something to prove. They're kind of starting over, and they got the right coach in to do it. Uh, so check on category A, something to prove factor. Uh, coach Beard has had success with that upset of Purdue in the tournament, so it seems like they hired the right guy. And the fact that he's bringing in this many impact freshmen, really like what he's doing. So check on category two with the coach. Difference maker player? Absolutely. Reed Travis is a definite difference maker player on the level with Trayvon Blewett for sure. Uh, we mentioned that he's going to be all Pac-12 and perhaps second, third team All-American. 
and defining characteristic, they're going to play smart and they're not going to turn over the ball a ton. If you're not going to turn the ball over in March, you're going to have a chance to win each one of these games because the possessions are so valued. So I think check, 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 check on all four categories for Stanford. So far, so good, right, guys? We're feeling like you might be a little bit more educated on who you're going to pick in your blow-up bracket. I think so, for sure. All right, let's head back, and we're going to go AAC now. And one of our favorite teams, and you know Mike Randall sent, wanted to send a valentine to this particular coach, Mick Cronin. And we're going to visit Cincy. I think Cincy definitely checks all the categories as well. I really like them this past year and actually picked them to upset UCLA and then go ahead and play uh, Kentucky. They're a little short in that game, but they do bring a ton back. Here's part of what they bring back. They bring back senior 6'8", Gary Clark. He will average close to a double-double again. He can, clo- he can guard multiple positions. Love Gary Clark as a player. Loved him last year. He's a typical Cincinnati effort, do-everything guy. They bring back Washington, who's an NC State transfer, 6'10". He can shoot it from three a little bit, 36%. He does take up space in the middle. He is their required big to take up some space, board, and be a menace on the defensive end. And plus, he's a crafty lefty. You love crafty lefties. Uh, they bring back Cumberland, 6'5", sophomore. He averaged 10 points a game over his last 10 games, and he even put up 15 against UCLA in the tournament in that loss. So I think Cumberland's going to be a difference maker player in the backcourt. Uh, Jennifer will help run the point guard position. Uh, Je- uh, it's nice that they can bring back somebody with a little bit of experience, even though they lost Copain. You know, the, the point guard that they relied on forever at Cincinnati. It'll be nice to bring Jennifer back that knows the system. Of course, they bring back Jacob Evans. Evans does everything. 6-6, 13 points a game, four boards, two assists, can shoot it a tiny bit. I uh, bet they let him shoot it a little bit more, can defend multiple positions, and is kind of like the, the, the pulse of the Cincinnati team. And they even have Nizier Brooks, 6'11", soft. Again, we always say they need a, they have a required big. He's going to stop up the middle a little bit for about 10, 15 minutes a game. They might even play him alongside Washington. So if you have a 6'10 and a 6'11", that sounds about right. Again, we always reflect back upon uh, the Gonzaga bigs and the, and the UNC bigs from last year. So it seems like Cincinnati might have part of that uh, recipe. So let's go to the categories. Something to prove? Doesn't it seem like Cincinnati has something to prove like every game every year anyway? I don't think the tournament's going to be any different. They play with an edge. McCronin coaches with an edge. I think the something to prove category is always a check for the Cincinnati Bearcats, for sure. How about coach? McCronin has dealt with adversity personally and professionally. So I don't think there's anything he can't handle as a coach. Uh, you know, he had his health problems a couple of years back. He came back unbelievably successful last year. And it seems like he has a little bit of calm as the part of his game now where that didn't exist before. How about player? I think Evans is the player here. I think he can do a little bit of everything, fill the stat sheet, and guard the other player's best player, no doubt. Team, uh, team ID, very similar to Xavier. Tough as nails, going to defend you. And you know what? Along with their tough as nails, going to defend you, they can shoot the three a little bit. So you can put that as like their team identification, like uh, 1A. 
for Cincinnati, which is not normal for a Cincinnati squad if you think about it and reflect it back upon it. So Cincinnati, I think check, check, check for all the categories. Let's go to the ACC. We talked about Notre Dame earlier, but we got to talk about one more team in depth, and it's got to be Virginia Tech. We'll give you a little rundown like we had with the other teams. And, of course, I think once you think of Virginia Tech, they're going to check all the boxes as well, right, guys? They got some players coming back. Harry Blackshear, Redshear Soff, uh, tons of length, showed out his freshman year. He had a leg injury last season. I think he's going to fill the void left by Zach Liday. Uh Kadim Sai, sophomore forward, here is your acquired big. The 6'10 Saf had led the team in blocks last year, so he's going to play a role in Buzz's uh, rotation. Typical Buzz player. Underrated talent who's going to get better and better with player development in the program. Um, if you think back to Marquette days for Buzz Williams, Jake Crowder got better, Butler got better, Vander Blue got better. Uh, I bet Sai gets better this year. Now, let's get to the shooters and the players on the wing. We've got Chris Clark, the junior. He is one of the difference maker players. He suffered the his ACL injury late in the season last season, and some people thought that you know the Hokie season was going to fall apart, but he put up some complicated numbers. He put up uh, 11.5 boards, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and shot over 55% from the field in his last 20-ish games. If he stays healthy, I think Clark is definitely an all-ACC-type player. Justin Robinson, junior point guard, he's tough. He can take it to the hole. Uh, you always love having a vet running the point. He almost dropped five dimes a game. Devin Wilson, football player. Think of him as like an undersized four-man. He redshirted last year because he played football. I bet Buzz is going to love his toughness and approach and what he brings. I bet he'll see a ton of floor time. He's the needed glue and dirty work player. Uh, Ahmed Hill, red, sh- red shirt, uh, junior guard, top shelf athlete, 11 points a game. Nice to have him match up with the other team's top-level wings. This is a luxury for Coach Williams, and I bet he falls under the category that we mentioned, that he's one of those players that just gets better and better with another year in the program and the player development. And don't forget about Justin Bibbs. Justin Bibbs is a senior guard. He's coming off a little bit of a down year for him, but he did sacrifice some of his minutes and shots for the greater good of the team, like Alan Lede did next year. Expect him to be back up about 10 points a game. 6'5 guard is one of the nation's best three-point shooters. Really like what Coach Buzz Williams has coming back. And you cross your fingers on Ty Outlaw. He's hurt. He's ACL. He would have been a top one of the top three-point shooters right along with Bibbs. So you hope that he can find some health. But it might be the timeline might not match up. So let's check the categories for Virginia Tech, shall we? So we have something to prove. Oh, yeah, Virginia Tech made the tournament last year, and some people were picking them to go to beat Wisconsin in that uh, 8-9 game. So I think Buzz has something to prove, not only to the conference, but also to the nation that he has it up and running in the right direction. Coach, who doesn't love Buzz Williams as a coach? Uh, I think big check in that box. Player, I'm going to say Chris Clark is a difference maker player. The 6'7", 210-pound uh, uh, junior It's going to stuff the stat sheet with a whole bunch of things. He's going to be tough to contain, uh, and plus he can play defense on the other end. So I think Clark is a difference maker player. And the team identification here, the team ID, the team uh, uh, characteristic, they have athletes all over the floor. I think they're going to be really athletic, 
And if you think about Buzz's great teams from the past, they're unselfish, they play together, and they sacrifice. So I think that team sacrifice and the athleticism all over the floor check the last category for Virginia Tech. Now, this isn't a big conference school where we're head next, but it's definitely a team worth paying attention to. And when you give it, when we give you the rundown, you'll see why. How about Nevada from the Mountain West? I mean, you think Mountain West? Why? What? What are we even talking about? What? What? What is this? Nevada checks all the boxes, people. They got Jordan Caroline coming back. Uh, Lindsey Drew fills up the stat sheet. Josh Hall, 6'6", Saf, and they have some unbelievably impactful transfers coming back. Uh, they have the Martin twins, Caleb Martin and Cody Martin, from NC State. Sat out last year, eligible this year. Both of them are eligible to play this year. Uh, they have athletes and shooters and playmakers all over the floor. Uh, Caroline, uh, those of you that paid attention to uh, college basketball last year know how impactful he is. I'll give you a couple off-the-radar stats. He led the conference in offensive boards per game, 3.5. He had 45 points in that epic New Mexico game with five overtimes. That was like one of the best games of the season last year. Uh, that was his like defining moment. It kind of put him on the map nationally. Uh, he was second in the conference in boards overall with 9.1 per game. And he's not overly reliant on the three either. So he uh, has a mid-range game. Obviously, uh, he can board it and get a whole bunch of layups. Uh, if he can improve his free throw percentage, he's going to average well over 20 points a game. Love Jordan Caroline as a player. Love that he's coming back. Uh, Lindsey Drew, stat stuffer. He made a three a game. He blocked a shot a game. He has a steal a game. He had five boards a game. Think of like uh, USC's DeAnthony Melton, but Drew can shoot it. Plus, he had that nasty dunk versus Iowa State in the tourney. Uh, excellent size for a senior point guard. And there's your senior point guard. Love that you have him in the backcourt. You can rely on him. Uh, Josh Hall, 6'6", soft. Kind of exploded late in the season. Scored almost half his season total points in the, tour in the conference tournament. Um, and also had a strong... Uh, 2.5 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. Keep an eye on this guy. I think he's going to be a difference maker player for them all season. Uh, they bring in the transfers. Let's get to those guys. Uh, Kendall Stevens, who's a Purdue transfer, 6'7 guard. Uh, he can shoot it. Uh, he's, uh, was all Big Ten freshman, uh, during his freshman year at Purdue. So he does have some skill and can shoot it. Uh, Hallis Cook is uh, from Oregon State and Iowa State. Uh, 6'3 guard will be a nice rotational player for sure. Uh, Caleb Martin, uh, as we mentioned previously from NC State, he might fill the Cam Oliver role. Dude averaged 11.5 points per game in the ACC. Transfer recipe going from a higher level uh, conference to a slightly lower level conference means he'll probably blow up. Cody Martin is more of your grunt and dirty work guy. Every team needs. Can see him playing an undersized, unselfish five for the pack. And remember, both of these guys made it to the Sweet 16 on that, NC State, on that NC State team. And both of them former top 100 recruits. And another thing to keep an eye on for uh, Nevada is uh, Elijah Foster. He's had some legal troubles. He's a big uh, 6'8", 240-ish. Definitely a guy to pay attention to. Let's see, do they check the categories? Something to prove? Yeah, they made the tourney last year, but I think they want to go bigger. So definitely something to prove. Coach, Coach Musselman. 
former NBA coach, bringing in transfers, bringing in high-level recruits. Check for Coach Musselman. Player, Jordan Caroline. I'm going to put Jordan Caroline on one of my All-American teams for sure. He will be in the running for Conference Player of the Year. Caroline is a beast. If you have the chance to stay up late to watch him, definitely tune into a Nevada game. And uh, team identification or team characteristic, they're going to be positionless. They don't really have many people over 6'8", so I think they're going to be matchups. They'll go to whatever mismatch they have on the floor and exploit it. So I think there'll be a little bit of positionless basketball, and they have a whole bunch of good ball players, ball handlers, and playmakers on the floor at all times, and they can shoot it from out there. So I think positionless offensive basketball for Musselman and Nevada checks the last category. Our final stop for who's going to be the next South Carolina, who's going to be that team that advances in the blow-up bracket, who's going to be that 0.6% that you can brag about and say, yeah, I nailed that in my bracket. And this might lead into the next podcast that Mike and I get together for. Uh, on Twitter, a few folks had asked, uh, who do you like in the Big Ten? Mike was all in on Michigan and saying, like, oh, I think Michigan's going to have a big, uh, big year. Uh, and I thought, no way, you know what? Purdue is going to be much better than Michigan. So Purdue is my last team to keep an eye on as the next South Carolina. So let's just give a little rundown of what they have coming back. Sophomore point guard Carson Edwards, impactful player in the backcourt. His numbers will improve dramatically this season. Uh, you can shoot it, little scatterbug in the backcourt. Uh, you can bring it to the hole. He's a little fearless, really like Carson Edwards. I think he will grow leaps and bounds his sophomore year. Now, they bring back Vincent Edwards and Isaac Haas. Both went to the NBA draft combine, got some feedback. Caleb Swanigan stayed in the draft and is going to be on the Portland Trailblazers. Edwards and Haas decide to come back. Edwards is a 6'8 senior, can do a little bit of everything, can bang, can shoot it, mismatch, can handle the ball, can defend. Haas is 7-2. You can't teach size. And keep in mind, they also have a 7-3 red shirt freshman from Amsterdam. Supposedly, you can shoot the three a little bit. So Purdue is one of the few teams in the nation that has two plus seven-footers on their squad. Insane. Ryan Klein comes back. He's the 6-6 junior that can do a little bit of everything. He can shoot it. He can defend a little bit. Uh, he's one of those glue guys. He's been through the system. Purdue is very much like Notre Dame where they kind of have keep it old and they keep these guys in the system for a number of years. And then those guys experience success when they get to be sophomores, juniors, and seniors. One of those seniors is Dakota Mathias, 6'4", shooter. Guy can shoot it. He might be one of the best three-point shooters in the nation as well. Uh, P.J. Thompson. 5'10", senior guard. Love that you have senior backcourts. So bingo, bango. Purdue has the senior backcourt, the required big and Haas, uh, some glue guys, and Klein and Matthias. And then I think the impact player is going to be Edwards. So let's go over the categories for Purdue just to make sure. Something to prove? Oh, yeah. They kind of got blown out of the water with one of the best players in the country last year in the tournament. I think they want to come back and make sure that they say, hey, this was not a fluke, and maybe we can even be better without Swanigan, which is crazy if you think about it. So check with something to prove. Coach, Coach Painter, 
who wouldn't want Coach Painter as your coach? Coach Painter has had sustained success at Purdue University with multiple squads. It's not like he's had one run with one squad. If you remember that Etwan Moore, uh, Juwan Johnson uh, squad, you know they were good for a number of years. Uh, this most recent uh, reincarnation of the Purdue Boilermakers has been excellent. So I think coach check for Coach Painter. Player has to be Vincent Edwards, right? I bet he puts up similar numbers to Caleb Swanigan minus the rebounding. Uh, he will not be in the running to lead the nation in rebounding like we called for Caleb Swanigan last year. Uh, but I bet he is the impact player and puts up some crazy numbers. Definite all uh, pack. Uh, definite all Big Ten player, and I bet he sneaks on a couple of All-American teams as we get closer. Uh, and then Team ID, of course the Team ID for Purdue, is hard-nosed, doesn't get shorted on any possession, pretty efficient, and you know what we need to add to them too? Very similar to Cincinnati, they can shoot it from three now. Whereas before they weren't uh, necessarily a threat from deep, they have multiple shooters from three, so I think uh, grittiness, toughness, and the ability to shoot the three well always plays well in March. All right, folks, there's your rundown. There are your team candidates for who is going to be the 2018 South Carolina Gamecocks. Notre Dame, Auburn, Xavier, Stanford, Cincinnati, Virginia, Nevada, or Purdue. We went over all the categories of why we think this might happen. And we went over some factors and some players. Hope you guys are taking your notes. Hey, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, please hit us up on Twitter, at SDS Podcast. Love to hear from you. Love interacting with you guys. If you want to hit up Mike, please hit him up at, at FTS Warrior Mike. Uh, he is knee-deep in some uh, fantasy football stuff, and he is actively researching for the next podcast here with Screen the Screener. So hit him up. He uh, He's always fun to interact with on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get into this with the show via Gmail, uh, please do. Love to hear from you. Uh, uh, SVSpodcast at gmail.com. Efficiency of keystrokes as always. Uh, and we're going to ask, please, 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 if you like what you're listening to and you're enjoying and you feel like, wait a second, I didn't know all about, I didn't know about this. I wasn't even thinking about this. Hit us up and give us a review on iTunes. We're looking to get as many reviews as we can for the start of the season. We hit 50 positive reviews. Jump in and give us one more. We'd really appreciate it. All reviews that you leave your name or uh, at sign will read on the podcast. So get in and get a good review in. And we just want to say ahoy out there. Uh, thank you to all you guys that are listening in. And ahoy at Coach C-Z-E-S. Keep doing your thing. Keep making a difference and keep making people better. Uh, we want to say ahoy out there at Joe Ryan one six two one Wingspan Sports, great place to get a little college basketball fix. We want to say ahoy out there at Field of sixty eight Freak. Hogan subs sound just great. Cheers, Salancha, gratulatia, listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Thank you to Bell Jar for bringing us in and out. If you want to check them out on iTunes, always a good listen. Catch up with you guys later on in the week. Thank you so much for tuning in.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.